Hey everyone, welcome back to Roll for Enterprise, the podcast described as the squishy heart at the centre of Enterprise IT. This week it's uh, just the boys, Lilac sends her apologies, uh, but we'll try to man the fort, literally, uh, this one week without her. And uh, this week I want to talk for a moment about WebEx, uh, because I had occasion to use uh, WebEx, which is a first for a little while for me. Uh, we're a Zoom company, and of course, like everyone else, I did a bunch of Zooms in my personal life over the last uh, year and a half. And it's pretty good. It's pretty nice. It worked really well. Uh, it did a good job of you know, getting me into the meeting, the basics, but it also had a lot of good stuff around the control of which devices I was using. It understood that I had multiple screens and let me control what went on each one and what I was sharing and all of that good stuff. And it made me think, why did we move away from WebEx? Why did we all just jump to Zoom? And do you guys have any thoughts? Why did that happen? I, I kind of feel guilty now because I haven't done a WebEx meeting in a while. Because most, <laughs> most, most times when somebody sends me a WebEx invite, I just decline it and send them another invite with my Teams meeting. So, yeah, I just refuse <laughs> to use WebEx. But, yeah. Um, yeah, why we moved? Because everything actually worked and WebEx never did. That's why everybody moved away from WebEx. I, I don't know. I, do you think it's – I think, honestly, some of it's marketing. Some of it's just, you know, product getting to market. I. I downloaded it again, just so you know, Dominic, and it, it's vastly different. It's kind of like Slack, um, you know, contact center, like five nines and video conferencing all in one. It's 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 actually rather nice. I agree. And here I am, you know, but again, I, I think this is much different than it was 18 months ago. I will say that. Hmm. So maybe I hadn't looked at this in a little while because my previous company was also a Zoom company. Uh, we were one of the very early movers. And this means that I've been out of the the WebEx orbit for more than six years now. And I did use it occasionally here and there, but I remember how it was six, seven years ago. It was not like this. It was a massive pain to get through. And sure, that's how Zoom got their start. They made it that you could get people in a meeting faster. That's 99% of at least my usage of WebEx was always you know, dear customer, here's a WebEx link, let's get into a meeting. And so the value to me of a meeting tool is how quickly can the customer show up in the meeting and we can see each other and we can hear each other. And Zoom was really, really good at that. The time to meeting was short. WebEx meetings always start late because someone's always got a problem. Like, and, 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 you know, as much as you guys can say, like, they've got this, they've got that, like, there's no way people are going back. I mean, they just destroyed their image. It's I mean, too late. It's, yeah. too, it's too late. It's too late. Yeah. So... And but what's, I hate to give Zoom the credit for this, though, because they got there by doing some pretty sneaky stuff. Uh, so I dropped a blog post of mine in the show notes from from the time when all of this was coming out. But they, they bypassed a, a bunch of system protections and security. They sneaked a web server onto your Mac that would persist if you uninstalled Zoom, just so it would make it easier to reinstall Zoom if you ever want to do that in the future. And... This is what uh, got them a lot of that fast time to install. It's what got them a lot of that cultural cachet. And then, of course, they did really, really well during uh, lockdown because they had the free tier and they would let people run free accounts. And people had Zoom for, from work and they would quickly pivot to also using Zoom for their personal stuff. Or they did not have Zoom at work, but because it was free, they ended up doing Zoom cocktails and Zoom happy hours and Zoom quizzes and whatever it was 
And so they now have this cultural cachet that WebEx never did. But Zoom, I, Zoom it was won. icky how they got that. Yeah, Zoom won the schools, you know. And and once you won really? the school, over here, yeah. no schools are Google. Schools are Google. No, yeah. here it's here it's mainly Zoom. And once you win teachers and students, then it becomes like a household name. It's a and, and and yeah, and then it's the Apple the Apple thing, right? I mean, Apple like everybody used it at home, and then companies were forced to like, hey, let's get Apple everywhere, right? So. Yeah, I, I think Zoom did it did it right in that way. Um, this contact center stuff, though, is is interesting because I don't know if it's going to be doom or or good for for these tools to start incorporating contact center. And I don't know how it's going to happen, but Zach, you were talking about it about about WebEx incorporating contact center because Zoom lost lost five nine right five nine just like walked away from it like they well because there was a stock deal and zoom stock created <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah no, completely it's, terrible, like i yeah. said I, yeah i was speaking to some of my friends over there in the contact center space over at cisco and they're telling me that yeah this is what they're pushing no longer is it contact center express it's it's all through webex and so i i do think that right now we're talking about it from the perspective of, you know, just regular old conferencing and the yeah, zoom might have the brand recognition, but they don't have that recognition in the contact center space. So I don't know, there's a lot of contact centers out there and, you know, it's, it's in my opinion, it sounds like a viable, you know, alternative, but let me just say something about zoom. Are we talking, you know, you're talking about zoom and, and how they have that recognition like Apple, that generation has ADD. They've already forgotten about that shit. They're already <laughs> moved on guys. No, they're going retro. They're going back to Skype. What happened to Skype? If Skype didn't Skype? have a moment during the pandemic when everyone was in lockdown, then that's it. Stick a nail in it. Skype is Teams. I mean, just look at Teams' growth during the pandemic. I mean, it's just incredible. I mean, Microsoft really cemented itself during the pandemic. I mean, they're not going anywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, as I've said before, Teams is actually pretty decent as long as you live your life in Microsoft Office. And I do wish it would understand the concept of multiple monitors. It's really good to collaborate with someone and see them and also look at a document together, but having to squeeze it all into one monitor, it seems counterintuitive. I think the embarrassing part is when you have like a 49 inch curved monitor and you want to share your screen and everybody's like, why does that look so small? Why is it tiny? Like, yeah. <laughs> so, I, you know, everybody needs to fix that piece of it, you know, how, how they're... Yeah, those and that's what Zoom and WebEx are actually good at. So what I do is I stick the window I'm sharing onto the laptop's own built-in screen, and that's the screen that I share with participants. It's a, a right geometry and a reasonable resolution and whatnot. Zoom, good. WebEx, surprisingly good. Skype, dead. Teams, good if you're in the Microsoft world. What else? FaceTime? FaceTime if you're 100% in Apple world, but even I'm not that interface into the Apple world. What I was thinking of earlier is, is Discord, right, Mike? Isn't that something that you know you talked about? Discord. Or... I mean, the kids are all on Discord. I think uh, Microsoft tried to take a swipe at Discord, right? Yeah. But I, I think if you're looking at the crypto world, and I mean, gamers and, and crypto folks are all on Discord. I'm yeah. I, I'm using it more and more. Um, you know, they have this like, okay, everybody can talk, and then you can watch somebody stream. It, it, it's a bit funky the way it works because you know we're we're just old. We're used to the the Zoom and, and Teams way of working, but uh, Discord is is actually it's it's got it pretty pretty good, you know. And you create a room, just your friends, and yeah, yeah use it for servers. some virtual yeah. events, and it worked well. It was the closest to uh, you know the, the whole way track. It's an event. In fact, reinvent twenty twenty. Uh, Corey Quinn uh, did a Discord that was. 
uh, that was amazing. It was way better than the official <laughs> AWS streams. I so often had the two of them going in parallel. Uh, that, that was really good. But yeah, it's not something I've used regularly. I think also like on some of these like special Discord channel, I think the bots they have built up and, and mm. the bots on Discord that can do different things and you can call up um, yeah, different functions. I think this is where the power of, of Discord is. I, I haven't like I, I haven't seen anything that extensive in Teams and I don't like I don't use Slack, so I don't know about Slack, but yeah. Here, here, Discord, I think, has a clear advantage. So, but, but I don't think it's it's enterprise ready. It doesn't have that polished look, right? No, it does not. You can't see salespeople using it. No. Uh, yeah, but that was that's that's my point, though. Like, right? I mean, this generation that the Zoomers, this is what they they kind of moved on to. Yeah, like, uh, I mean, so now what does Zoom have? Right? They try to get into the enterprise with the failed acquisition of Five Nines. By the way, their their stock is looking. <laughs> Not too good, right? But then again, this is kind of like Peloton stock. I mean, this is they were big during the pandemic, and and now they're falling off the cliff a little bit. And to your point, Dominic, I mean, security is a big thing within these organizations. They're not going to play that game and allow them to do what they're doing. Yeah, Zoom has done a decent job with that. You can have uh, on-prem Zoom uh, for large corporations. You have a lot more control. You can specifically avoid your data transiting China, uh, which was one concern a lot of people had. So. We'll see. We'll see how that plays out. But yeah, I just want to say, you know, WebEx turns out uh, it's uh, it's not so terrible anymore. Hold on, one one more thing about Discord. You know, when Microsoft showed this whole like uh, at Ignite this this Teams where someone could join with an avatar and everybody was like, man, that's so weird. Who's going to do that? Blah 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 blah. Whatever. You know, in Discord, this would be completely acceptable and, and, and happens today, you know. So I, I think from a metaverse perspective, I think the openness of the crowd on it, I, I think that that can happen more easily in Discord than it can in, in any of the other products. So, yeah, I think they're a bit more open minded, but also you got some some crazies on there. So I'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. OK, so moving on. Uh... This may seem like a tangent, but bear with me. So I was running some errands this morning, and one of them was to go to my local bike shop uh, in my ongoing quest to buy a mountain bike sometime before 2025. And they've all stuck on ships somewhere or waiting to be put on a ship. The same thing's happening with uh, chips, with semiconductors. And Ford, the news was they've invested in global foundries that you may remember as AMD uh, or part of AMD, it's complicated, hashtag it's complicated. Uh, and GM is also doing something to secure semiconductor supply because that's one of the major bottlenecks for automotive these days. And NVIDIA is having uh, a really good time, on the other hand. So, Zach, you've probably been following this most closely of all of us. Uh, do you want to walk us through it? Well, yeah, I mean, look, NVIDIA had earnings this past week, uh, not to make this a financial podcast, but they just absolutely crushed it. And you could sit there and say, well, how much, you know, how much further can they go, right? I mean, look at their market cap, their valuation, but let's think about it. They're not even scratching the surface. I mean, you know, there's, uh, you know, things like tiny ML, Mike, you and I have talked about that some, right? I mean, we're just starting to see the onset of that, right? These chipsets are going to be everywhere. We're looking at, you know, two and a half billion units by 2030 all the, the these will be in the show notes by the way but but just in general i mean just look at what nvidia is doing in the chips and, and this is stretching outside of it we talked about this a while back maybe a year ago when walmart was looking at buying tiktok and all these companies and by the way just like walmart acquiring a no-code company everybody's i mean technology is no longer a part of the company it is the company it's just it's crazy to me mike what do you what, think with the supply chain all these supply chain issues we're seeing 
companies have st- set back and, you know, it's always been like, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll sit in a meeting and like, this is our core business. This is not our core business. We should give it to somebody who knows how to do it. And now what's happening is these companies are sitting there and saying like, no, we need to vertically integrate. We need to own the entire supply chain. And like a GM and Ford going after like chips and putting it into their business. Like, I, I think this is a big, big game changer, but there's, you know, no one can lock in their supply except of course, unless your name is like Apple. And to be honest, they are using other people's foundries or you know, their fabs, but they're starting to secure fab time. And I, I think this is, this is blowing up. I mean, it, it, there's no way we're going to be over this anytime soon because of the cost to build a fab and because of the time to stand up a, a, a new fab. So I think these issues are here a lot longer because the demand will only continue to increase, only continue to increase. Yeah. No, I think you're right there. Uh, but yeah, this is interesting that uh, it's the the main leader corporations, it's the Fords and the GMs and whatnot. It's not like Magna or Steyr or the, the suppliers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, what's your core business? It's it's technology is becoming everybody's core business now. That's uh, That's clear. The, the customized part of this, I, I, I don't like, yeah, I don't know how many more companies can be supported. This is, and I don't know where, I don't know if NVIDIA is really as big as they say it is. I mean, you know, they're, they're going to join the trillion dollar club soon. And I don't know that they're really worth a trillion dollars. And I know I'm saying that Zach, and you're like, no, they absolutely are. I know you're going to argue that point, <laughs> but I don't, I don't know. It sounds, it sounds a bit ridiculous, right? But, but the biggest part of their earnings was data center chips, which, okay, are those crypto data centers? I, I don't know, you know? Well, so yeah, a trillion dollars. I mean, we, I got to get my head right, right? Because a trillion dollars in 2018 is different than it is today. We right? should start talking about this yeah, in Bitcoin because that's the real, like the nomination of the world. But well, yeah, yeah, there you Dominic's going to laugh well, at us soon, but okay. <laughs> we didn't have inflation. <laughs> we didn't have inflation then like we have now, right? So I'm not saying there's that much inflation, but let's just be a little real here, right? I mean, this is, you know, I mean, you know, we're, we're going through a crazy transitionary period with inflation across the globe. But uh, you're right. Are, should they be valued at a trillion? I don't know, Mike. But we can go up and down all these tech companies on the NASDAQ and tell you that they're way overvalued. I mean, should Zoom be valued where they're valued at $80 billion? No. I mean, you know, so I think across the board, relative to their peers, they probably deserve it. But it all comes down to ARM. I mean, I, the key in all this is ARM. We, you know, we're not really talking about that. Is it? It's NVIDIA. Yeah, sure. It's their GPUs. Kind of. Yeah, I get it. But really... It's the ARM acquisition. Holy smokes. I mean, I know Gelsinger is working, is trying to work his magic at Intel, but ARM has come out of nowhere. I mean, everything is be, everything is distributed. I was reading an article about distributed VPNs being the future. And Mike, guess what? They're using blockchain. You're right. We should talk about this. And it's just crazy. Isn't a distributed know, VPN just Tor? No, no, it's a little different. I'll put some stuff in the show notes. Um, and there's actually a crypto for this mic that's trading at three cents right now, which is kind of nuts. But yeah, it, this is just crazy. This is just because um, the token that yeah. the token that makes it happen is is worth something for to some people. Yeah, I, I think the crazy yeah. part, like, does it come with a really <laughs> yeah. ugly animal avatar? Probably, 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 <laughs> probably a crypto punk or a bored ape. I don't know. Um, you know the the crazy part of this is like who who's going to control this? Like it's the it's the governance aspect that I think should have a lot of companies um, resolved, uh, a lot of companies concerned, right? So 
I, I don't know. The, the centralized world, there's still a lot to figure out there. But you're right. There's going to be more and more applications coming out and people are going to bite. Yeah. So you guys heard about these people in this. Um, uh, gosh, what are what are these DOAs? They, they tried to buy a copy of the Constitution yesterday at one of the auction houses. Yeah. 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 Um, they succeeded, didn't it, they? No, I, I don't think they won. A decentralized autonomous organization. So it's like smart contracts and everybody comes together and gives some money. And, and then they, I think they raised, uh, I don't know, $38 million to, to try to buy a copy of uh, the U.S. Constitution, but they, they barely lost. Um, yeah, so, so they basically tried to form like a group, everybody putting in some money to try to buy a copy of the Constitution, which would be held by uh, yeah, this autonomous group. So it, it's just insane. And I, I think you're going to see more and more of this craziness starting to happen. How, how do companies like adjust? Like what's the use case? What like something is going to give like the finance side? I mean, yeah, we're decentralizing all the banking components. So it's, it's going to happen. I, I wouldn't want to be in, in financials right now unless I was at one of these DeFi companies, to be honest. We'll see. Now that uh, the various tax authorities are coming after crypto assets, uh, that I would expect will put a pretty major break uh, on the growth there as people realize, wait a minute, I owe taxes on the nominal value of this thing, which I can't actually realize the value of easily. Uh, so if you have a, a, a punk that is nominally worth $4 million because of stupid uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, growth rates in, yeah. the, in that ecosystem, uh, and so now you owe tax on $4 million, uh, you're going to sell on, on punks pretty fast. So hold on a minute though. What what if I what if I went on I don't know Craigslist or some forum Discord channel and I met somebody in Miami and I you know bought a Bitcoin from them right and transferred hmm. it to my private wallet offline. They don't know about that. Well, they know about the exchanges and what's going. Through well, they do now. You just said this on a recorded. <laughs> oh uh, yeah, there podcast. you go. There you go. <laughs> I think yeah, exactly. I, I think that that that's the key. It's like the decentralized becoming centralized again. So like the ex exchanges are centralizing the decentralized nature of uh, of the blockchain, um, and then okay, people get visibility into it. But you're right. If you can do like an on-chain transaction and you have an agreement with someone else, then yeah, it's really hard for them to track that. Um, you know, but I, I don't know that, you know, the problem with the art, like in the art world, you don't really pay taxes on your art, right? Or, you know, it's only when you sell it, it's just like any asset, right? You make money here, make money there. I, I think this, yeah, I, I don't know how many people are paying taxes on crypto assets, to be honest. And, and that's a, a challenge for, I think, some of the government. Very right? few now, but supposedly the IRS is starting to come after people and European tax authorities are certainly making noises in that direction also. So we'll, we'll see. Yeah, I think that'll be uh, that's a shoe that's been dropping for a long time. It's about to hit with an almighty thud. Yeah, I, I don't know how possible it is because I think these these crypto guys will be able to prove that you know I, I, there's an issue with liquidity, right? I think you could have like billions of dollars in some of these like uh, altcoins, but are you able to get that billion dollars? And I, I don't know that that's actually possible. I, I don't think there's enough buyers of some. Of well, these no, that, that's. That's the whole point. Yeah. That's why it's a yeah. bubble. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not saying that, but uh, if you can make money, make money. Yeah. Yeah, get out now. <laughs> I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. I'm not. Uh, uh, yeah, we should put a disclaimer. Uh, we're, not, should huddle. we're not giving any financial advice here. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, or tax or advice. tax yes. advice, yeah. <laughs> That's a loan. Okay. Uh, moving on to something a little bit more positive. Uh, which one uh, of you was it that dropped this uh, rebranding of IT piece 
uh, into the show notes. Yeah, this that was me. I, I think it's interesting. I'm, I'm just I was talking to a couple different clients, and uh, I keep wanting to refer to them as IT departments. And uh, I just noticed lately, I'm hearing more. Oh no, that's our. We've now rebranded. Uh, did I'm hearing the word digital, digital whatever. I forget what it was, and I thought, wow, I wonder if this is you know bigger than what I'm realizing, or you know. So apparently, it is. I agree entirely. So one of the things I was doing when I was on the road last week, I went to our customer advisory board. Uh, so everything was uh, Chatham House rules. So I'm not going to name any names, but uh, this was a big topic. Uh, the IT moving from being, and then, you know, this has been a conversation that's been going on for a long time. Uh, IT partnering with the business, et cetera, et cetera. But it's very much kicking into high gear. And it's the culmination of trends shadow IT and things like this, the line of business departments are much more independent of central IT than they were before. So now it's no longer a question of the only way you can get services by going on bended knee uh, to the sysadmins and uh, saying, please, sir, can I have some more? Uh, it's more a question of the two working in concert line of business and IT support and doing stuff together. And part of it is data gravity. And I saw that in the article. I was very happy to see that. Uh, talking about, you know, it's the line of business departments that own the data, that understand the data. And the IT team is the one that can uh, advise on, okay, here's how we can query that data and analyze it and integrate it with other data sources that other departments have. But it's a, it's a conversation. And the, the role of IT, as they've been able through automation to get out of delivering a lot of the IT infrastructure, uh, the the space that they, they need to move into is this advisory as uh, sort a of stand at the whiteboard and have a conversation. Role. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's absolutely true. I think we've been talking about digitization for like such a long time, but I think only within the past maybe two years, let's put it this way, the pandemic has changed things where business people now really understand what digitization means. I think they've seen it, how like moving remote has worked. And now it's like, okay, IT, how do we throttle this? How do we like really take advantage of this? And, and, and then you start having a conversation and they start really talking about digitization now. So yes, it is happening. Some companies are ahead, some companies are not, uh, but everybody's trying to, 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 yeah, to, to basically digitize. IT is moving into um, consulting advisory type role. And, and I, I refer to like tech producers, and I, I still think we can call them tech producers in the business that are really producing the technology. Um, the data gravity, I, I think businesses are realizing, holy cow, we have data, we need to, we need to take it, we need to, you know, there's, there's value here. How, how do we how do we get this in some sort of way where you know, we can extract value from it. And I think everybody's having that, that discussion now. If, you're, if your company is not, I think you should be a little worried. Yeah, especially because, as I said, this is a conversation that's been going on for decades plus. And the thing is, though, now, as you said, Mike, the pandemic has accelerated this trend, as so many others. And so it's, it's very much kicked into high gear trend that was already in slow motion. Zach, right? The title's just like funny, funny talk, uh, trying to make it kind of official uh, for people who don't understand it. Or what do you think there? Uh, it's crazy. I don't know. One is a very large healthcare institution and it's like digital, you know, uh, whatever the uh, technology department. I, I, I just, I honestly, I think it's, I get the feeling it's really driven maybe to help the top level on down, right? So they can align closer. I mean, you know, we talked, I think we've spoke about this before, right? Chief automation officers, maybe 
uh, which are now referred to as uh, digital transformation officers, right? Rolling outside of IT. We've discussed this before. And I, I think um, as they start to expand and, and we see more chief automation officers, whatever you want to call it, digital transformation officers, I think this is a result of that and kind of what you said, Mike, and they're building their own, their own IT orgs. And, you know, these orgs aren't going to be your traditional IT people. I mean, I hate to say it. I don't think you're going to have a bunch of storage admins and server admins. You're not going to have many of those. I don't know what the future is for those roles. And maybe they just get rolled into an operations role and, and sit in a little, you know, back office. I, I don't know. I'm not trying to stir the pot here with that, but I'm saying that this, things are changing fast and we have to adapt. Yeah. And I think people's... I, like, I, I don't think they're new roles. I think they're just adapting roles, to be honest. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, whether they were new roles, it was often a, just a sign that the company was doing window dressing rather yeah. than addressing the yeah. problem. You've got a CDO who would sit beside the CIO, uh, but I met plenty of them who had no direct reports at all, or maybe they had a handful of reports. And meanwhile, the CIO is sitting over there with hundreds of people reporting to them doing the real work. The CDO is the one that gets to jet around and give the inspirational speeches, but they don't do any actual work. Uh, this was a few years ago, I'm saying, there was a, a spate of that going around. And you don't see that so much anymore. Now, the rebranding of the actual IT department, I think, is a more positive sign. It means it's actually happening where the work is happening, rather than being a, a Potyomkin village stood up for the media and the likes. True, true. I would completely agree there. I wonder how many of these people have seen, like, you know, I almost want to call it the Facebook effect, right? Like, like everybody knows, like, Facebook is taking advantage of, of so many situations based on the data they have. Like, how many companies have seen that and said, like, you know what, we can do the same thing? Yeah, we know it's bad. But We've we got a lot of data. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a lot of data. Like, can we take advantage like they have? And yeah, I, I don't know how much of this is, like, I don't want to call it consumerization because it's not like Facebook's not a product, but I think they see the effects that Facebook was, can have, how it can grow its model, what it can do. And I think they want to take the same type of advantage. A lot of companies. Um, yeah. I don't know. Do you guys think it's like a response to, to what's happening with the, the big tech guys and how they're using data? No, I, I thought about that. I think what you're saying is, I mean, just re similar rebranding it right just yeah the way i think yeah i think you're right i mean let's let's talk about some of these even these startups i mean it is all about the data we talk about it all the time i i do think i think rebranding helps i think i was trying to say that earlier maybe i didn't articulate it but rebranding helps the executive mm -hmm. you know outside of it the ceos the the you know the cro's everybody coo i think i think yeah i do i do mike i really do if that's what you meant i don't know if that's what you meant I think it is, but, you know, could be interpreted no. other ways. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, but no, I see, I see it in in the real world because, you know, obviously uh, I work for a database vendor, so very, very close to, to the data. And it's been noticeable that there used to be uh, the, the priesthood of the administrators of the database and MongoDB was among the vendors who kind of broke that that monopoly and made it easier for developers as in application developers to interact with the data and do things. And now there are new people trying to do stuff with the data that are not coders. They're the business analysts. And so the, the race is on who's going to be best able to enable these people to get their job done to, uh, to be able to do stuff with data. We're, we're moving from the phase of the data lake in which we just 
everyone gather all the data. Eventually, we'll figure out what to do with it. To okay, now it's about how do we ask intelligent questions of the data we've gathered and make use of it in some way. And IT definitely has a role to play in that conversation because they have a lot of expertise and people can get burned uh, if they do stuff without involving experts, especially in a world of SaaS. You can run up some massive bills in a serverless world. (laughs) Uh, One example that I heard of just recently, someone had a dashboard and they were running it against a small server uh, provided by a, a you know a cloud service provider, but they bought a certain unit, and then they switched to serverless mode, and they didn't change anything else. And the thing is, previously their dashboard would take a certain amount of time to refresh, and then it would immediately repeat uh, and refresh again. And this was effectively throttled by the amount of resources available to that pretty small server that they bought. Serverless doesn't have a ceiling, so that refresh was cycling as fast as it possibly could and scaling out massively. And they ran up a five-figure bill over a weekend, or maybe it was even into six figures by the Monday morning. <laughs> and they called up in an absolute panic. <laughs> uh, yeah. And that's the sort of thing that, that can happen. And, you know, an IT person who's been thinking deeply about serverless for several years at this point, it's not exactly a brand new concept. It's just one that's coming into fruition now. It's coming into mass market usage now would have been able to advise them with any luck. The, 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 the three main cloud providers have to fix this model. The, the model is, is, is broken if this thing can happen, right? And I know there's, there's like uh, trip points that you can put in where, where this kind of stuff stops, but let, let's face it. I mean, they're taking advantage of it. And, and, and typically you would go negotiate and, and you wouldn't actually pay. Yeah, yeah. No, I, do, I don't think they actually paid that amount. Yeah. They, they negotiated it, but still. It's something to watch out yeah. for. But anyway, go hug your sysadmin today. <laughs> uh, but task but first, you know, consent. The, the problem <laughs> is we don't call them sysadmins anymore. But okay, it doesn't, re- doesn't really matter yeah, if you can find them. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I have a recommendation this week. I bought a new piece of hardware and in an amazing turn up for the books, it was not from Apple. What? Yeah, I know. Although it was specifically to support wow. Apple devices. So, you know, so it's a, a Belkin Soundform Connect. So what this is, is a little device that basically exposes a speaker that plugs in through a three and a half mil jack or through an optical SPDIF cable to AirPlay, AirPlay 2. Uh, and I have a very nice speaker in my kitchen that I didn't want to get rid of. It's from Tivoli Audio. It makes an amazing amount of sound for the size of the, uh, that it is. But it's not smart at all. It's just, you know, a wooden box with a, a cone in it. Um, and so I wanted to to expose this to my devices. And I had a terrible, terrible Bluetooth thing. But managing that through Bluetooth meant I hardly ever did it because it was such a faff. The Belkin Soundform Connector plugs into the wall, sets it up as part of your home app in iOS. Uh, and then it just shows up. And it means you can do multi-room audio and all that good stuff from AirPlay 2 with your existing speakers. Uh, it just works that's the the best compliment i can pay a piece of electronics i really really like it so if you have a need uh that's a thing that used to exist apple had a thing called the airport express that they discontinued many many years ago and for a long while there wasn't anything in the market that did this uh and the belkin soundform connect is exactly that so highly recommended you know there's this thing called sonos and amazon has echo but i'm not gonna go there yeah yeah, but then you have to buy the actual speaker as well. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. You can buy a, a HomePod from Apple 
as well, but then I'd have to replace the speaker. I want, the whole thing was I want to keep the speaker, but plug us into the system. I, I don't know that this will will hit with a lot of people. Let's let's yeah niche of one. Yeah, niche of one. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mike. By the way, what's what's uh, what's Amazon going to do once Apple releases their vehicle? They're going to be uh, they're going to have to start working on a vehicle themselves. That's the next cool thing. Oh, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. They're Bezos is too worried about going up in space. I guess I don't know. I don't know. Um, By the way, Apple vehicle, right, well, Apple vehicle, twenty twenty five. I mean that 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 that's a joke. I, I I don't know. I don't know. But okay, like the home pods, right? All right. Let's on that note. <laughs> let me let me give a recommendation for Apple. <laughs> um, I have not used this, but I came across this, so I I'm in the market for an iPad and another Christmas gift for myself. Um, and there's this thing called Paperlike, and the link will be in the show notes. And it is a screen protector for your iPad that makes it feel like you're writing on real paper. It's got a sound. It sounds like you're writing on paper. Apparently, this is like, you know, it turns your touchscreen into uh, into a notepad when you're writing on it uh, with the uh, with the pencil. So, uh, yeah, it's, um, or I should say, with the Apple pencil. Uh, so someone like yourself, both you guys, big, big Apple people, what do you think? I'm not a pen. I don't take my pencil to the to the iPad. It's just I I, I love the keyboard. Oh, I love the keyboard, but I, I don't take I don't take the pencil to it. Yeah, I I just it, you know I, I know a lot of people that do to be honest, but I'm I'm just not I'm just not there. I use both. I, I love both. I uh, I'd heard of the paper like to be honest, it's not a lack that I've felt. Uh, I've used the pencil since first gen iPad Pro. Uh, I tried of course, using the, you know, of the squishy course you tip. Have. Of course you have. <laughs> <laughs> I tried using the squishy tip things that they had before. There was an official Apple Pencil, and those are horrible. But the Apple Pencils, both both first and second gen, have been really good for me. So let me know how it works out. I'm curious. Well, I'm gonna gonna buy myself an iPad. I'll let you know. So I do want recommendations uh, on another podcast from each of you on on an iPad. Uh, it's a couple of versions I'm I'm looking at. Okay, uh, we'll do. Let's talk. About I'm it. actually torn between uh, uh, getting a Mac Mini and getting a MacBook Air. To be honest, two different. I know, but Ooh, yeah, I don't know. Very different use cases. Very different use cases. Let's talk about that another episode. As Zach says, as we are at time. So thank you, everyone, for listening. Thanks to Zach and Mike uh, for the fantastic conversation as ever. And we'll have Lilac back real soon. You can follow the show on Twitter at Roll4Enterprise with a number four or on our LinkedIn page. The links in the show notes together with everything that we mentioned today in the conversation. Theme music is by my good friend Renato Podesta. Please do send us suggestions, topics and guests for future episodes. And we will talk to you again soon. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, everyone.